Welcome to the Fine Lion podcast here discussing the trials and tribulations that is supporting the Brisbane Lions in 2018. Thank you so much again for joining us in the wake of the clash against Collingwood. And for Brisbane fans, well, unfortunately, another week where the donut does appear in the win column. Brisbane going down to Collingwood in a fighting effort and one of the best games that we've seen at the Gabba across the last few years, but ultimately not quite enough to get home. They get defeated 18-6-114 to Collingwood's 19-7-121. As we mentioned, a great game of football this one. Uh, Plenty of talking points to come out of it. Again, we thank you for joining us. We've got a big jam-packed show today. We're going to talk uh, what we call the Fab Five, so the five big talking points out of the Collingwood game. Uh, We're going to cast our eye forward to this week against the Bulldogs and see how that one potentially does match up. Of course, Fanline is open to take your tweets and take your SMSs. And this week, in a very first, we have our trivia challenge for 2018, which we're looking forward to naming. But again, if you made the trek out to the Gabba on Sunday afternoon, well, you certainly weren't disappointed by the quality of the game. And a lot of ways, the antithesis of the Brisbane performance against GWS, they brought intensity nice and early against Collingwood. They looked like their pressure was up. And they were certainly running over the ground and all over the ground all the way throughout the four quarters, but never quite looked like they were going to break the game open and run away with it. Uh, And ultimately, it was straight kicking that really kept both sides in the contest. As funny as that does sound, uh, the 18-6 was the opposite to the previous week where they did struggle to kick it through the big sticks in that clash against GWS back down in Western Sydney. Uh, but for Brisbane, another almost game. Uh, it joins the games they've had so far this year against St Kilda, against Melbourne, uh, against Gold Coast and against Port Adelaide. Certainly all opportunities to win those games. Uh, and a couple of more straight kicks against each of those sides. And Brisbane could be looking at sitting on a four or three win season so far. But ultimately, as we mentioned, the zero does stay in the win column. Seven losses now on the season. They go to 0-7. Uh, And with a game this week that, again, they'll view as possibly being winnable, uh, there'll be plenty of confidence about that they'll take out of their clash against Collingwood. In the key statistics for the game, Brisbane were shaded in most of them. Uh, They were beaten in the clearances, which has been a real focal point for them this year, but Collingwood, a particularly strong contested ball team, they had the edge 49-37 in the clearances. Again, riding on the back of Brody Grundy, who has been in such good form so far this year. Uh, they also won the contested ball 142 to 125. Uh, tackles were relatively even, 56 all, uh, but those hitouts 49 to 34. Brody Grundy again getting over the top of Stephen Martin on a pretty regular basis. Collingwood had a slightly more of the ball, 386 disposals to 373. Uh, But Brisbane, again, had plenty of opportunities and plenty of more movement that uh, issues, particularly going into that forward line, that made them struggle to kick that score. Uh, Ultimately, that score was provided by the other players around the ground. Uh, We're getting our fan line. Our SMSs are filing in already. People wanting to discuss what did happen out there against uh, Collingwood. Uh, The first comment we have is from Rick at Boondall again, who uh, I believe wrote into us last week, Rick, or a couple of weeks ago. Good to hear from you. Uh, should Robbo be spending more time in the midfield? We are going to cover and talk about this in a little bit more detail in our Fab Five, but uh, honing on Mitch Robinson uh, as an individual for a little while, Mitch Robinson has had a really good year. 
I think his uh, his pressure is always up. He's always one that brings a lot of intensity in his attack on both the football and the man. And the last couple of weeks, he has been spending more time throughout that centre circle, uh, trying to lift Brisbane from inside and, again, give them something to replicate their pressure off. I'm actually a big fan of Robbo being in there. Um, the drawback on Robbo is he probably does have the propensity to grab the ball and blaze, um, kick it as far and as high and as long as as he can, which sometimes to the to the fans does look like the way to attack. Uh, but Chris Fagan very much working on a possession game where they want to get the ball and possess it all the way down the field and look for that corridor kick ultimately uh, probably works against Robbo. But in terms of a, a first in winning the footy, um, applying manic pressure and feeding the ball out, uh, I'm a big fan of Robbo spending some pretty extended time or extended minutes in the midfield because there's probably not another player that's exactly like him at the moment that could do his role. Um, I saw in the uh, on the weekend that Collingwood had a big uh, game plan built around short handles around the contest. Look for that back handle back to the sweeper who was unmanned, who commonly was either Pendlebury or side bottom. Uh, then look to release there, and that tactic really did work very well or very effectively right the way throughout the game. They seem to get that exit point out of that stoppage uh, through that back sweeper, and that's something the Brisbane will look for um, next time to see that's happening and make sure they eradicate that back option um, to make Collingwood exit the the, the uh, stoppages forward and put more pressure on them that way. Uh, but Rick and Boodle, thanks so much again for the message. Uh, we're a big fan of Robbo spending time in the midfield. So we might go now to our Fab Five, which are our five talking points out of the clash on the weekend. The first one we call, well, it's the Great Danes. Both Dane Zorko and Dane Beams back into form on the weekend, particularly Dane Zorko after being tagged for the last couple of weeks. He was given a free reign this week, somewhat surprisingly, particularly when he started to get up. Uh, he ultimately ended up with 34 disposals and four goals, which is a pretty good day in anyone's language. Um, that was really the feature of Dane Zorko's game late last year, and one that eventually catapulted him into that All-Australian selection was his ability to get forward and be really dangerous with the ball. Um, one of the goals that he kicked that check side out of the pack, it just shows that you can't give him any space at all because he's such a creative user of the football with such great skills that he is a very good finisher, and if he gets the opportunities more times than not, he'll be kicking the goals. Uh, he was very well supported by Dane Beams, who had 31 disposals. Uh, he also kicked two goals, including that massive kick to draw level late in the last quarter. Um, great performance from both the Danes, and Brisbane's fortunes, until they get that more even output across the younger players, are going to rest pretty heavily on the shoulders of both those players playing well. If they do, Brisbane are competitive with just about any side, but you can see from the last couple of weeks that they can't afford Dane Zorko or Dane Beams, or certainly both of them, uh, to be dropping to below their best because uh, the depth just isn't there to pick it up and catch it at the moment, particularly through that midfield rotation. Our second point of the Fab Five, well, the Mozzie squad is back. Uh, Lewis Taylor, he had a great game again on the weekend. He ended up with four goals as well, kicked four goals too, uh, including one that hit the post and really could have set Brisbane up and racing. Uh, we've said before on this podcast that Lewis Taylor is really the barometer of Brisbane in a lot of ways. When Brisbane are up and about and their ball movement is good, it's generally Lewis Taylor who's on either on the end of it or a pretty significant link in the chain. Uh, he was very good on the weekend and he was managed to get forward and, and be really dangerous with his spots. But that Mozzie squad now with um, 
Dane Zorko going more into the midfield sort of comprises him. Alan Christensen had another 19 disposals. He was very good. And Charlie Cameron, although he might be a little bit too tall to be referred to as one of the mozzies, he had 16 disposals. And you can really tell the Gabba just lights up every time he gets the ball. Um, they want to see him in space with the ball because generally when that happens, good things do occur. Um, Charlie Cameron, one of the underrated things that we've noticed this year that we certainly weren't anticipating is his underrated foot skills. There was one moment in the game where he um, he got a free kick uh, over the boundary line. I think it was for an out on the full. And he hit a spot kick that hit Lewis Taylor inside the 50. And he really threaded it through uh, about three or four different uh, contests that were around there to find an unmanned Lewis Taylor about 40 out from goal. Charlie Cameron, an excellent, excellent field kick to go with his good goal-kicking sense. Uh, his fortunes, again, will be closely linked or how he does go to Brisbane's success in the coming weeks. Uh, another text message we've got now in on Fanline, um, a question from Bailey who asks, why didn't Collingwood tag Zorko? Uh, very good question, Bailey. Um, I can only imagine that Nathan Buckley is not really from a tagging school of thought and he thought his midfield would be able to go head-to-head with the Brisbane midfield and probably, look, they, they really were for good parts of the game. Scott Pendlebury, before he got injured, he had 20 disposals. Uh, Adam Trelaw also had 26. Steel Sidebottom had 34. Um, Tom Phillips had 28. So they certainly weren't shy on getting the footy uh, through that middle of the ground. I think he probably thought they were matching up pretty well and, and weren't losing too many of those contests. I would have thought in that last quarter, particularly, they would have gone to Zorko when he started bobbing up and looking like a real presence and kicking a couple of goals. Uh, might have been a good time to go to him and then and try and lock him out of the game. Uh, but ultimately, Nathan Buckley's vindicated by the result they won. So no one can really question um, his methods and ultimately being successful. But certainly, if I was the coach of Collingwood, and I'm not, but if I was, uh, then I would have sent someone to Dane Zorko, particularly in that last quarter. Uh, point number three on our Fab Five for this week is the forward line struggles. Uh, it was particularly evident in the first quarter that Brisbane were really conceding an awful lot of intercept marks as the ball went into that forward line, which is partly a byproduct of poor skills, but also I thought our key forwards didn't really uh, work hard enough to provide enough contests or work hard to provide enough leads to give our uh, players entering that 50 really viable opportunities to move the ball. Um, Oscar McInerney bobbed up at uh, one stage with a good contestant mark and a goal, but he might be one that's in the firing line for this weekend, particularly as the Bulldogs have a small side. They might want to go with a smaller setup in there. Uh, Eric Hipwood flashed in again to to, um, to do a handful of things, but he only picked up 11 disposals. Uh, didn't trouble the scorers again. Um, Daniel McStay did manage to get a couple of goals, but again, they're really lacking that four-quarter performance from Dan McStay. So the forward line, um, the tall forward line, we should say, did have the struggles. And as we'd forecasted earlier, we did think it was going to be those smaller players. And, and it's how it eventuated. The Dame, the Dame Beams, the Dame Zorkos, uh, the Lewis Taylor, who kicked multiple goals to ultimately provide that winning score uh, for Brisbane, or that almost winning score um, for Brisbane. And, and that's probably going to be the concern. I think that tall forward setup again is going to continue to be a headache for Chris Fagan where they look for back for Josh Walker to give them some more presence in there. Um, but certainly something needs to happen there to give them a more viable alternative rather than just relying on their smalls and their midfielders to be kicking goals. Uh, point number four for us was the defence. Another good day for the defence, although they conceded a number of goals. Um, the tall defenders in particular, I thought, did a really good job. Harris Andrews continued his good form, as did Darcy Gardner. Uh, and Matty Eagles, in his first game, certainly showed that he wasn't going to be overawed and was certainly not 
below the skill level that's required um, for the game. He, he was terrific, actually, I thought, Matty Eagles, and, and certainly took to the game more than, than I'd anticipated he was going to be. The problem for Brisbane really probably lay with the small forwards. Jordan Goey kicked five, and he was probably the best player on the ground with that winning effort just in front of Dane Zorko. Uh, five goals from Jordan Goey, and then we saw three goals from Josh Thomas, all of which came in the second quarter. They were the ones that really caused some headaches for Brisbane. Uh, one might have thought that if Nick Robertson hadn't been suspended, he could have been that logical matchup for Jordan Goey, which might have proved life, made life a little bit harder for him. Uh, Darcy Gardner stood him eventually in the last quarter, but didn't uh, didn't do him didn't stick with him the whole game, um, and it was probably a team effort there, and probably something they needed to make sure they fixed nice and quickly, rather than letting Dugowie eventually kick five. Uh, another SMS that we've got, Zoe. Great to have Zoe um, texting on in. Uh, Zoe asks, "Are close losses more demoralising than blowouts?" That's a really good point, Zoe. And um, you know, there's obviously a, a level of demoralisation that goes with getting a blowout and knowing that you you weren't quite good enough. But there's probably a different different type of demoralisation that goes into being so close, so consistently, but not being able to salute the scorers. And you know, that a lot of people like to talk about how that builds up and becomes something that that hey, that what is way around your shoulders. Whether that's accurate or not, I'm I'm not sure. But I, I think Chris Fagan will really be harping to his group that they're 95% there against. These teams, which are pretty good teams, Collingwood had been in good form. They they did um, beat Essendon quite comfortably on Anzac Day. Uh, they lost to Richmond last week, but they did beat Adelaide as well, heading across to Adelaide. So they certainly are up there with the good uh, good teams in the competition. But at this point, we certainly would have um, anticipated that hopefully Brisbane might have had one or two wins on the board. Uh, it does hurt, though, losing, and particularly losing those close ones, and that will be something that does stick with this group until eventually they do manage to salute the scorers. Uh, we are hoping this week against the Western Bulldogs could be that week. Brisbane do play Eddie Hard generally pretty well. Uh, the Bulldogs not in great form. Marcus Bontempelli missed this week. So that's another one uh, similar to Brody Grundy last week. How Brisbane will be keeping an eye on the ins and the outs because Bontempelli out or remaining out would be um, a big win for Brisbane, so, um, so we can only hope that that might be the case so Brisbane can try and salute uh, this week and get that one in the scorers. Uh, the fifth point in our Fab Five was the expansion of the midfield rotation. Uh, obviously wanting to lo loosen the load somewhat on Dane Beams and Dane Zorko. They both spent significant times forward of centre inside the forward 50s this week. Um, what we saw then was other players, Cameron Rayner in particular in that last quarter is very good out of the midfield. He got more minutes into that centre stoppage. Mitch Robinson, as we mentioned previously, was in there a lot. Charlie Cameron also floated in there as well for a couple of occasions, as did Alan Christensen. But I think this will expect to see this rotation continue. Uh, we'd even anticipate Daniel Rich might go in there for a little time, particularly if they do get a player like Sam Mays back into that back line. They may look to use Rich forward and then um, into that midfield to sort of see if he can add something in to that group. But that midfield rotation expansion, uh, those players have been joined by, uh, on a pretty regular basis this year, Jared Berry and Hugh McLuggage in particular. Uh, both who were solid without being spectacular on the weekend. McLuggage ended up with 15 disposals, um, which is a little bit below where he's been in the last few weeks. Uh, Jared Berry only had the 11 bobbed up with a goal, but 11 disposals for Jared Berry, uh, a little bit below his output that we have seen also. 
So we'll expect to see that midfield rotation continuing to be expanded. Uh, now what we do have is we had a tweet which inspired us to do our trivia challenge for this week, which Jim Congdon, which at Weandra Rams, good to hear from you again, Jim, said, I think we need someone to wear a long sleeve jersey. So we've tried to go back through the archives and find five Brisbane Lions players uh, since the formation of the Lions in 1997 that were quite fond of keeping the pipes covered up and nice and warm throughout those chilly winter months. Uh, the first one will come as no surprise to any Brisbane Lions fans here. You think of long sleeve jersey wearers for Brisbane, and he's immediately the name you come to, and that, of course, is Daryl White, uh, the three-time Premiership player of 2001, 2002, 2003. Uh, Daryl White had a terrific career with Brisbane Lions. He played 268 games and kicked 165 goals. Uh, Daryl White was a big fan of the long sleeve jersey, uh, also a big fan of the basketball, and he's got some very talented sons that are coming through, something to keep an eye on as well for the next coming years. So Daryl White is number one in our five players that are very fond of the long sleeve jersey. Number two was one of his compatriots, uh, a player that joined him in those three premiership seasons, and that was Chris Johnson. Not as big a fan of the long sleever as Daryl White was, but certainly he used to pull out the long sleever from time to time in those Melbourne games. Chris Johnson, an absolute champion of both Fitzroy and Brisbane. He played 59 games for Fitzroy, kicking 67 goals as primarily a forward pocket before coming to Brisbane and getting a new lease on life. He played 205 games for the Brisbane Lions and kicked 105 goals as really that rebounding defender or that quarterback uh, role that he played for Brisbane and played so effectively uh, across that 11-year stretch. So Chris Johnson, number two in our players that were fond of the long-sleeve jersey. Uh, number three is a bit of a throwback, um, another former ex-Fitzroy Lion, and that is Scotty Bamford. So Scotty Bamford, a will-of-the-wisp wingman, um, who also used to play forward on occasion. He liked the long sleeves uh, to cover up. He uh, was quite skinny and maybe cover up those uh, arms and pins that he had or lack thereof. He loved a long sleeve. He played 22 games for Fitzroy before playing 24 games for Brisbane in 1997 and 1998. So Scotty Bamford, uh, if you're listening, good to have you as part of our five players that liked the long sleeves. Uh, player number four is Blake Carousella. Blake Carousella joining Brisbane from their hated rival at the time of Essendon. He played 34 games for Brisbane across 2003 and 2004. Won that premiership with Brisbane in 2003 to go with his premiership in, year, in the year 2000, I should say, with the Essendon Bombers. Uh, 2006, he finished up at Collingwood for that season. and Also 2005, he played 27 games there. Uh, but it was an accidental hip and shoulder from Tim Nodding that eventually ended up uh, Blake Carousella's career. He um, had a very career-ending, a very serious neck injury. But Blake Carousella, who has uh, bounced back very well, is now headed into coaching, um, and he's done uh, doing a magnificent job there. And player number five are those that are, f are fond of the long sleeve. This is another uh, Brisbane Lions player back from the archives, and that is Tristan Lynch. Tristan Lynch in 1997 and 1998 played for the Brisbane Lions. He also played for the Brisbane Bears in 1996, joining them from Richmond, where he never did play a game. But he played 21 games for the Brisbane Bears, 34 games for the Brisbane Lions uh, before heading to Geelong to close off his career in 1999 and 2017. Uh, 17 uh, games for the Cats there and kicking seven goals. But Tristan Lynch is our fifth player who loved the long sleevers. Uh, our suggestion was out of the current day players 
who would likely wear the long sleeves is maybe Jacob Allison, that tall wingman type seems to be the one that are fond of those long sleeves. So Jacob Allison, maybe we get the chilly weather inside of the dome on Saturday night and he can rock the long sleeves uh, just to turn the clock back a little. So looking forward to this week, well, it is the Western Bulldogs. We're looking forward to wrapping that up in some more detail in our podcast that'll drop uh, later on this week um, to talk about what can possibly occur on Saturday night at Eddie Hab. But at first glance, again, this looks like a winnable game for Brisbane. It, it looks like one that they might back their chances. They do play Eddie Had Stadium very well when their ball movement goes and, and that quick surface does tend to suit them. Some pace now in the side with the likes of Jacob Allison and Tom Cutler, uh, Charlie Cameron as well, uh, Lewis Taylor. So that pace could be one that does suit them. And again, a lot of it will depend on the, the Western Bulldogs matchups to see how that does sit. But again, on behalf of all the team here at the Fine Line Podcast, we thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to previewing the Western Bulldogs game later in the week and opening up Fan Line post-game. But again, enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you later on.